This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it <clears throat> a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com slash system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system. Good morning. Welcome to Axios Today. It's Friday, July 15th. I'm Nyla Boodoo. Here's what you need to know today. The rollout of a new national suicide hotline number. But first, today's one big thing. High stakes for President Biden's Mideast trip. President Biden escaped his low approval ratings here in the U.S. this week with a warm welcome in Israel, kicking off a trip to the Mideast to meet with nearly a dozen leaders. It's Biden's first trip to the region since taking office after campaigning on promises like holding Saudi Arabia accountable for the murder of journalist Jamal Khashoggi. Axios' Barack Ravid joins us now from Tel Aviv. Hey, Barack. Hey, Naila. So President Biden actually went viral during this trip with a video from his visit to Yad Vashem, the Holocaust Memorial. How has he been received? Well, it's Biden's 10th trip to Israel. He he knows so many people here. And a few days before he traveled to Israel, an acquaintance of mine uh, had a conversation with him and he asked him, President, what's your goal from this trip? And he said, you know what? I just want the Israeli people to know how much I love them. And I think it's been achieved because from the the minute he uh, landed in Israel, like the first thing he said to President Herzog on the tarmac was, oh man, I really feel at home. And then he went to Yad Vashem. He met two Holocaust survivors and he was walking towards them and, and they were sitting on chairs. So they stood up and he just told them, no, 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 sit down. And when he got to their chairs, he went down on his knees and started talking to them. And it was really an amazing sight when you think about it. The leader of the free world bending down to talk with two Holocaust survivors. And it went viral on social media. And I think that basically on day one, he already achieved what he wanted on the Israel part of this trip. You actually had a scoop on the next leg of his trip. You've told us before about the U.S. quietly negotiating a deal to normalize relations between Israel and Saudi Arabia. What have we learned? The Israeli government approved the parameters of this deal on the two strategic islands in the Red Sea. And this deal is important because this is the foundation that the Saudis are supposed to take unprecedented normalization steps towards Israel. It is significant because there was never any deal or any even like understanding between Israel and Saudi Arabia. And if everything will fall into place, this will be quite a big achievement. Biden has had strong words about the murder of Jamal Khashoggi in 2018, promising to make Saudi Arabia a, quote, pariah over its human rights abuses, including this murder. But Biden is visiting the kingdom as part of this trip. What do we think he's going to say? I think that in the last 18 months, Saudi Arabia was quite a pariah in Washington. And what happened was the Russian invasion of Ukraine. 
This led to gas prices and oil prices going up. This, I think, led the administration to understand that it needs to counter Russia, not only in Ukraine, but in other parts of the world. It's also connected to domestic issues in America, because when oil prices are high, gas prices are high, and the economy is always a big issue in an election. And one of the things is to get oil prices down. And to do that, you need Saudi Arabia. I don't think Biden changed his mind about the Saudi crown prince Mohammed bin Salman or about Saudi Arabia in general. But at the end of the day, it's a really high stakes visit in Saudi Arabia. Barack, you and I are talking Thursday evening, Tel Aviv time. President Biden is headed to East Jerusalem Friday morning without any Israeli officials? Israeli officials won't be there, although the U.S., the Biden administration did not roll back Trump's decision to recognize Jerusalem as Israel's capital. But it's a sort of a signal that the Biden administration is taking a more vague position on where exactly in Jerusalem they think that Israel has has its sovereignty. And Biden, when he came into office, he basically made it clear, and he made it clear again when he arrived in Israel, that he doesn't think that an Israeli-Palestinian peace agreement at the moment is something which is feasible. And therefore, he's not going to put forward any peace plan. And for the Palestinians, I think that's a big disappointment. But as a whole, I think the Palestinian expectations from this visit are very, very low. Barack Ravid is a contributing correspondent for Axios based in Tel Aviv. Thanks, Barack. Thank you, Naila. In a moment, this weekend's transition to a new national suicide hotline number. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com slash system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system. Welcome back to Axios Today. I'm Nyla Boudou. Starting tomorrow, the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline will transition to a new three-digit number, 988. The new number is meant to expand access to mental health resources and make it easier for people in crisis to get help. But there's still a lot of question about whether states are prepared for this launch. Adriel Bettelheim is Exus's senior healthcare editor and joins me now with the details. Hi, Adriel. Nice to be with you. Adriel, how will this new number change how people access mental health care? Well, it's kind of like creating a 911 for the mental health crisis. And that is, in theory, supposed to funnel calls into local crisis hotlines where there are trained counselors or people who can immediately intervene or make referrals. And, you know, at least in theory, they're supposed to know what resources are there in the community. You're saying in theory, do you have worries about the implementation? What are we hearing from states about this transition? Well, there was a a survey of mental health agency directors earlier this year by RAND that found that more than half of those surveyed reported they hadn't been involved in the development of a strategic plan for the launch of 988. And only, I think, 16% reported that they had developed a budget to support the 988 operations. So the question is, what happens 
in the states at the local level. Some states are really great about having local call centers getting all of the referrals from a particular area. Some have overflow numbers that go out of state. But there, there's all sorts of questions about whether the handoffs are going to work, whether if there's a flood of calls, you're going to get someone two states away having to intervene in a crisis like this, and whether indeed the calls even come through or get dropped. So I, I think they're wary about overpromising too much, and they're sort of portraying it more as a, as a phase-in than a instant flip the switch. Suicides in the U.S. are thankfully trending downward overall, but not for some groups, particularly teen girls and Black and Hispanic men. So how important is this hotline for addressing suicide and mental health issues? I mean, it comes, obviously, at an important time. The nation's frazzled. Some of that is attributed to the pandemic, some of it to the increasingly polarized political debate. Federal officials think this is contributing to the, the spikes we're seeing in gun violence drug overdose deaths, teen suicides. So if you have a, a simpler way of uh, people airing out their frustration, their state of mind, uh, the thinking is that you get more people who could intervene. And some states like Mississippi have like mobile crisis intervention teams that they, they mobilize. Again, there's great variations between states. Colorado and Washington state have enacted special telecom taxes so they can hire more people. So it's a little bit of a wait and see, which again makes this kind of a, a tricky launch. So if you or someone you know may be considering suicide, you can still call the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline. And that number is 1-800-273-TALK or you can text HOME to 741-741 as this 988 number faces in. Adriel Bettelheim is Axios' senior healthcare editor. Thanks, Adriel. Thanks very much. That's it for us. Axios Today is produced by Naria Marquez-Martinez and Lydia McMullen-Laird. Our sound engineers are Alex Sugiyara and Ben O'Brien. Alexandra Boti is our supervising producer. Sarah Kailani Gu is Axios' editor-in-chief. And special thanks, as always, to Mike Allen. I'm Nyla Boodoo. Stay safe and enjoy your weekend. And I'll see you on Monday.